From WBEZ Chicago and the Embers of Memory, this is Pleasure Town. In the late 1800s, two visionaries claimed a parcel of Oklahoma land. They had a dream to build a community for pleasure seekers. Before long, the settlement grew into a sanctuary for outlaws and artists. But after flourishing, it fell. Now, decades later, the town lies buried in the red dirt. But not even death can silence the resident's stories. So put on your headphones and hear their tales as we rekindle Pleasure Town. Nearly everyone looked forward to our makeshift holiday, the Feast of the Wretched. But you know, Sai, there are always a few souls who treat the season with disdain. Yeah, I can't blame them, Claude. The purpose of the feast was to erase the pain of the past, and some people preferred just to leave that pain alone. Well, I know better than anyone else that if you don't pull the beast of your suffering by the tail and drag it out into the light, it just sits in darkness, growing stronger. Mm. And the best light available is that of a friend. Door feast season, don't you, Melia? The devil strike down any woman who protests when her rooms are full. But Lord, do I hate this feast. Why is that? A layer of salt will scrub gristle from iron. A sprig of lavender ground into oil will keep gnats from swarming. But some things in life like this have no quick fix. There is no little trick to cure a sickness of the soul. But don't you find the fire to be cleansing? Oh, I do like watching all the little totems burn. The feast only buries problems deeper under the skin, left to rot until they consume you. You can watch your problems go up in smoke, watch the edges of your totem wither and curl, but watching ain't confronting. If you don't believe the feast serves a purpose, then why are you making a totem? Saw you in here making yours. Thought I'd keep you company. Besides, it's tradition. Here, take my handkerchief. Hold it to your finger. Oh no, this this is too beautiful, Remy. It belonged to my mother. And now I've gone and ruined it. Let me get some vinegar. Please, do not trouble yourself. If I soak the stain quick enough... Please, Melia. I promise it holds no value. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'll put it in tomorrow's wash then. Have you eaten your supper for the evening? Please, sit. I can take care of myself. Not that I don't appreciate it, really. Well, all right then. But when you do fix your supper, feel free to have some of those sausages I bought from the butcher today. That's very kind of you. To be honest, I can't finish them all by myself before they spoil. So may as well share. Melia, am I doing this right? Doing what right, Remy? Making my totem. You know, this is the first year I'm making one. And why is that? I've never wanted to go to the festival before. It's too crowded there. You know, Remy, I've noticed you don't care much for crowds, do you? No, I don't much care for them at all. People can be too much sometimes, can't they? (laughs) Yes, I'd definitely say that's true. I know I've scolded you for talking to yourself when no one else is there. Yes, I'm sorry. I'll try not to... No, I'm sorry. 
I just wanted to say there's nothing wrong with it. I talk to myself all the dang time. You got to when business is bad and you're stuck in this big old lonely inn. People think of me as peculiar. My parents certainly thought so. Ain't never been a wagon with four perfectly round wheels. Everyone's a little off in one way or another. Just gotta learn to navigate the road of life with what God gave to you. But with what I have, was it God who gave it to me? Truthfully, not really sure there is a God. Look, Remy, I've seen things that'll make you weep in your sleep. All kinds of wickedness and abuse. If there is a God, he's not too good at miracles. Is that who you burn? God? No, one of the wicked, the abusers. Is that the totem you are making? My totem? Not that I really believe in this fooey isn't a man. It's all men. Really? Yes, really. Not sure I've ever met one that wasn't worth burning. <laughs> <laughs> and will it bring you any peace watching him turn to ash? No, it won't. But admitting that and avoiding the feast is bad for business. And who is your totem of, Remy? It's a bird. A sparrow, actually. In a cage. I got some lace upstairs that'll make a fine cage. And what has this sparrow done? Nothing. He's my friend. I would never do him any harm. On the contrary, I'm setting him free. That's not really how the feast works. You burn the totem to watch someone who's wronged you go up in flames. Well... This is how it will work for me. All right, then. A woman who walks to the beat of her own drummer. I can get behind that. Now tell me, what are you setting the sparrow free from? From himself, in a way. From the bars that keep him small and sheltered and stifled. I rather like that. It was here. My button. It was just here. How should I know? Shh, stop asking! Remy. Because you cannot see. The eye. You need two eyes to see. You have one. Remy, are you all right? Listen. I will close my two eyes, and when I open them, your one eye will be right where I left it. Remy, here. Take a button from my blouse. I... I couldn't. Think of it as a trait. Your handkerchief mm. for my button. Yes? Remy. I needed him to have two working eyes. He needs to see the world that has been kept from him. Do you think that's silly? Not at all, Remy. Now, let's go find that lace. Pleasure Town will return in a moment. Together forever. Words that mean something very specific to you and I. I'd characterize it more as tethered forever. Uh, either way. Forever is the aim of most relationships, but... Few stop to think what that means, or what it takes. 
I wanted us to be together. Always. I wanted us to be together forever, not always. I didn't see how that was different until it was too late. I wish I'd seen the change in you before it was. Honeybee, what does it mean if the Lord did join us together and then sent us together to a place that would drive us apart? Daniel, my sugar bear, is that how you saw it? He sent us to Pleasure Town so that we might help the spirits of that place. To spend our love on ghosts until we're ghosts ourselves? Love ain't a well that goes dry. We can renew love, make more. That's why I wanted to stay by your side, always. That's why I tried to split up now and again, to fan us out, to spread more good around. You did more good than I did. And I could. I spent whole long nights wandering Pleasure Town, afraid of that space growing deeper and wider between us, feeling like I could feel the stitches breaking loose as that place tore us asunder. On one of my wanderings, I walked the riverbank and found the remnant of an old sawmill. It looked like a riverboat upside down in rocks. Its roof had fallen in on itself and the dusk seeped through its broken windows. I walked up to the place, feeling tired of being alone while you, Honeybee, was out helping ghosts find peace. And then I heard his voice. Who's there? Just, just wandering about, sir. Come on in. Talk with me. I climbed up over the threshold into the mill's ruins. What I found inside was strangely lovely. Bands of orange sunset made stripes of dust in the air, and all the boards and planks that had fallen in seemed to point down at a fellow sitting by the barrel. Behind him, a great big water wheel filled a spot where the wall had fallen down. Come on in, friend. Join me here for a spell. The fellow... As I found him, he was a white-haired man with a few days stubble on his face and a waterlogged copy of a book by some fellow named Walt Whitman at his feet. I didn't mean to find no one out here. Just walking. Just walking? Your face says you got a lot of worries in there somewhere. That obvious, huh? What have you to confide in me? Confide? I don't know you. Being strangers is kind of a luxury in itself. We can speak easy. What is this place? A sawmill. I used to work in here. Cut trees into fine timbers. Back when there were more trees around here. It was alive once. This place. Dirty. Sweaty. (laughs) And alive. The fella's eyes almost rippled then. Like someone had dropped a penny in them. We were busy in those days. We put ourselves into our work thought that we were helping to build something truly... Uh, Anyhow, we thought things would be different here in Pleasure Town. But it's still the world. For all that's different here, we are much the same still. Don't nobody get out of this world alive. I hear you there, sir. What about you, son? What's got you weighed down so low? Well, you see, sir, I don't know what the Lord wants from me and my Bethany. 
We had such purpose, but I don't feel useful to that purpose no more. Like she don't need me. She just go, does good works, and I, I just wait. Wait for what? For her. For us to be together again. For my purpose to be clear again. But she sends me away so she can do her works, and what am I supposed to do? It isn't right. We're supposed to be together. Forever. In love. Not every spot, not every moment is for you, son. It's tough to be apart, I know. But that lady is her own. Feeling like you and someone else make a whole person is part of being in love sometimes, sure. Taking someone as who they are, that's loving them too. I thought love, truest love, meant being someone's whole world. Why should you be somebody's whole world? They ain't yours. You got to tend yourself too, so you can be there for them. Our love was simple, pure, special. We were one, just in two bodies. Not one thing is just one thing. And isn't any one thing that's just like any other thing, neither. If it were, it would be that thing. Everything you can think of is made up of parts, pieces, and bits, made one in whole through regard. Anything can be broken down. You don't want a thing to come apart? It ain't wholly up to you. You're just a piece of the thing. Sounds awful lonely. Whoever said love cured loneliness anyhow. Even love can be lonely. Holy solitude. Maybe loneliness is holiness. We sat in quiet then, for a while, that fellow and I. And when I excused myself, saying it was getting late, I only later realized I forgot to ask his name. Come back soon, son. I'll be here. I didn't know just how lonely you were, Sugar Bear. If I had known... But you couldn't have. Three days later, I went back to him. When you were exercising ghosts near the slaughterhouse. You remember? I do. He told me that. Yes. But I didn't tell you all of it. You're back. Welcome, son. Did you find any relief talking with your honeybee? No. We hardly talked at all. Better do nothing for now. <laughs> I don't want to drive her off. All you got to do to make things worse in life, in love, is nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, yeah? Doing nothing? That lets what's wrong go on being wrong. Believe me. Who are you, ghost? Who am I? Or who was I? However you reckon it. You had a name once. Is it one person? One ghost? Is that how it is? I don't know about that. That's how it is. <laughs> I was many men in life. Many souls made up this place. And I'm pieces of them all. A ghost of the place. A piece of pleasure town. Fused in the electric bolt that felled this house. I am many. Like Legion. I know my Bible. So, sir, sirs, or whoever you are, what shall I call you? Tonight, 
you can call me Horace. And tomorrow? I, as I am, hope not to be here then. I'm here as the spirit you needed. So now, this night, let go of what's hurting you. Don't hold it to your chest no more. Let it go down the river and dilute to nothing. Look at yourself, Daniel, and see the whole person you are. See the whole person that your Bethany is. See what more you are, what more you can do when- No. No, I'm not here to confess to no ghost. To make no pact with some spirit. You got no trust. You need to trust to fill the spaces you filled with fear. Horace, I won't be schooled by a ghost that don't know enough to leave this world. That is, that is here because it ain't allowed in heaven. Not without help. I don't have to save you. I don't have to do anything. And maybe doing nothing is all I have to do to destroy this place. This whole town. If I do nothing, its own wickedness will pull it down to hell. Sugar Bear. I was consumed with myself. I thought it was you that was on my mind, honeybee. But really, I was too preoccupied with my own fears and uncertainties. Was that the last you saw of Horace? No. There's more. Horace! Horace! I went back to the mill one last time. Show yourself! Drunk, gone wry, and rage, full of fire over the poison that Horace had put in my ear. Horace! And all I found at first was that waterlogged book of his, set upon his barrel. And I took my knife to it, cutting pages from it, stabbing it like it was this town's heart. Daniel. I thought I could get the hurt out of me by spending it. That if I broke enough, hurt enough of this town, that enough would change. Daniel. Horace appeared then at the hole in the wall by the water wheel coalescing from moats and moonlight. His hair wild, his beard white. He looked stabbed. He looked slashed. His clothes were in bloody ribbons. Don't do this, Daniel. Talk to us. Speak your pains and forgive yourself. Help us all. But I couldn't hold still. No more. I couldn't do nothing. No more. And I was too afraid to be seen as I was. To be seen truly. To be seen with my soul naked. Without trust. Or hope. Daniel, no! I took Horace's book. Ruined once by water. And struck a match. Daniel, you do not want to be the sort of soul that... spirit! I can't do nothing no more. I can't do right enough to be by Bethany's side. What else is there for me? I see the path now. Not to cast you all out, but to fill myself up with you all. To drink in this town. Fill up with its ghosts and spirits and make them mine. It ain't never saved anyone, son. I'm not here to save you, ghost. Bethany will save us. She will heal us all through me. That's why there's two of us. I see One to gather the ghosts and one to cast them out. I breathed in Horace's book as it burned. I breathed in his spirit and essence. 
I'll take the ghosts into myself. You will take possession of spirits and powers you do not want, son. And they shall take possession of you in turn. Daniel, you have to let go of... I looked to where Horace was and found only smoke and embers, like those coming out of his book. I breathed them in, the sparks singing in my throat. Horace's pages fluttered a flame in the mill, and I set his book upon the water wheel. I then sat and watched the wheel burn on the water. I wanted us to be together. Always. I wanted us to be together forever, not always. I didn't see how that was different. Until it was too late. I wish I'd seen the change in you. Before it was. Love is hard enough on its own. But love and pleasure town seemed damn near impossible. Now well, the doctor and the school teacher had a pretty good go at it. Yeah, until the doctor sacrificed her soul to vanquish the devil. Oh, right. Welcome back to Pleasure Town, dear friends. This is Emily, senior producer of the show, and you've just listened to the fifth episode of our third season, which means we're almost halfway through. If you loved what you heard, we encourage you to leave us a rate and review on iTunes or connect with us on social media and let us know what you loved about it and what you'd like to hear more of. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can also find more ways to connect with us at PleasureTownShow.com. And now I need to thank the wonderful people who made this episode possible. This episode of Pleasure Town was written by Keith Ecker, Lizzie Seidenstricker, Emily Modaff, and Will Hindmarch, and performed by Eve Rounds, Ruth Guetta, Krista Salvo, Becca Brown, and Brandon Paul Eels. Our executive producers are Keith Ecker and Aaron Cahoe. Our senior producer is me, Emily Modaff. Our associate producers are Colin Wright, Lizzie Seidenstricker, Joe Courtney, and Brady Guy, who ain't never been a wagon with four perfectly round wheels, if you know what I mean. Our staff writers are Gwen Fulcher and Sean Paris. Original music was composed and performed by River Rising's Megan Diger and Tim Hazen and engineered by Colin Ashmead Bobbitt. A full list of audio effects can be found on our website. Pleasure Town is an ever-growing interactive narrative which relies on your creativity, your imagination, and especially your voice to expand the legend. Find out how you can join the story at PleasureTownShow.com. This has been a production of WBEZ Chicago.